Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm Linda Tate Andrews, your host, Thrive Coach and Consultant, bringing you curious conversations with our peers and experts on integrating consciousness into the modern world. Tune in regularly to expand. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate, and this show is all about integrating consciousness into the modern world. Last mini season, you heard some different conversations with experts in business and life, and everything tracked back in some way, in my mind, to consciousness. And so for today's episode, I want to introduce this new take on our show as we're launching into 2020. Happy New Year. And I hope you find yourself in a space of, of anywhere really, but what I'm thinking is a space of new ideas, a fresh perspective. Maybe you were able to let go of some of the things that were holding you back last year and last decade. Um, Maybe there's a new perspective in life. Maybe it's a lot of the old stories and players and people, but you find yourself showing up in a slightly different way. Uh, Consciousness, you know, this is such a big word, right? And at the very most basic levels, I think of when you first are introduced to consciousness and it, it may be they're unconscious. Maybe it's like a health concern, right? Like, oh God, they're unconscious. And or they're conscious, right? They're awake. And this idea of consciousness that by no means am I introducing, um, but I want to share personally how I came into my own understanding of consciousness. In my life, I would say I was living a very traditional path. I was doing really good at school. I was swimming. So I was into my sports. I went to college. Um, I was raised in the Lutheran faith. I just was doing kind of everything I thought I was supposed to be doing. And early on, I had an opportunity in high school, actually, to start exploring yoga. I honest to goodness couldn't tell you how I figured this out. Maybe it was right when Yoga Journal started becoming a bigger magazine. But I was like, oh, you know, yoga is going to help me get better at swimming. It was very physical. It was all about being the best athlete possible. I had my eyes set on Olympic trials, probably like most swimmers dreams, going to the Olympics one day. And I really would have done anything that it took to get to that level. So I started exploring yoga. Well, this is early 2000s where, you know, the internet's just starting to become more functioning and websites are becoming cleaner and easier to navigate. So I'm looking up yoga studios somehow, and I'm going late to high school and going to yoga classes around where I grew up, Palm Beach County. And I found myself one day, I was the only one, it was like an 8.30 class, and I found myself at a woman's home and I'm like 16, maybe 17 years old. I was just so like hungry to learn about yoga and understanding this. Uh, And like I said, this was very, very physical for me. So it was all about my sport, all about getting better at the sport. Um, Bikram yoga at the time was one of the first, I would say, more mainstream yoga practices to have like a very robust schedule. And uh, that became the practice that I fell into starting out and uh, 
my fiance and I joke, we grew up swimming together that I had gotten the swim team to do yoga because I was going to Bikram. And he, he kind of teases me about that now, but you know, this again is this very physical curiosity and, you know, I go to college, I'm in my sport and I had a car up at college by the way, I was a secret yogi. Like I did never, my parents never knew I was going late to high school to (laughs) do that. And, um, I just told them about this a few years ago. They were laughing pretty hard. So I go to college and I am still like doing swimming, college swimming. And now the health center at Rutgers has yoga on the side and I'd be driving. I think it was called like center space. There was a studio in New Brunswick that was pretty cool. And uh, one of my dear, dear, dear college friends, she and I would practice yoga sometimes together. And, and But she and I really exploring our own personal yoga journeys. The funny thing about this yoga story is it's literally like the full circle of my first, maybe not first, but one of my like holding a vision of something and calling that in. So in other words, like conscious creating or manifesting. But when I was in college, I saw a yoga journal and an ad for Shivananda Ashram, which I didn't know what Shivananda meant. You may be listening to this and have no idea what that means, but it's a style of Hatha yoga practice. And I see this ad in the yoga journal and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You know, it's the beautiful Bahama beaches, everybody in white. I want to be like the girl on the ad. So I I get kind of obsessed with this vision of yoga. And years later, you know, maybe even a decade later, I find myself going to Shivananda and doing my yoga teacher training there through a whole other wild story with a dear friend who uh, she and I had a different podcast, Rise to Thrive. And uh, the way I met her was at one of her yoga trainings for stand-up paddleboard yoga. And we hit it off and then come to find out that's where she had done her yoga teacher training. I never in my life had heard anybody having any affiliation with this yoga studio in the Bahamas and meet her from California in Palm Beach. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So I share that little story where it's not, well, it's not that I just woke up and I'm 10 years old, like meditating. Although there's quite a funny photo of me, probably exactly 10 years old, doing my little lotus pose, pretending to meditate, but I wasn't raised in that environment. And it was something that I think on a soul level, I was craving and just feeling really curious. Like there's always something more. And I think in this world that we live in, something more could be easily confused with performance and the grades and the job. But for me, there's something more felt just deeper than that. So, you know, we learn, we hear in yoga a lot about consciousness, but what, what really is consciousness? Where is this coming from? Sigmund Freud divided human consciousness into three levels of awareness, the conscious, the pre-conscious and the unconscious. Funny enough, I was a psych major. I don't think I was paying much attention, but I do remember some of this. And uh, modern psychological approaches to understanding consciousness include developmental, social, neuropsychological, each contribute to a different understanding of what consciousness might be. You know, on its simplest form, sentience or awareness of internal or external existence. Um, You know, this is one of the most familiar and most mysterious aspects of our lives. 
this is a robust conversation. There are so many different aspects and elements, but I think at its very simplest, when I think of consciousness, I think of that, the something else or the what's really going on. For me, it's just this little curiosity. It is the mystery of life, right? It's like you meet the new friend that's tattoos are the numbers that you just had a dream about. Um, it's could be the, the awake state integrating with the sleeping state, the dream that you see come manifest later in your life. Um, there's just so much of the depth. So personally, I feel on this journey of wanting to understand how we live in 2020, right? The modern world. And we have all these people, right? Maybe 8 billion people around the planet, around the world. And everybody's on their journey. And they are perhaps on different levels of consciousness, different levels of their life experience. And wanting to hear from different people how they're navigating consciousness, if they're aware of it. So for me, you know, I I couldn't be aware of this conversation until years later, even when I was at my yoga teacher training, when they're teaching about this, I didn't even really realize that that's what was being discussed. I was so stuck in the fear mind. I literally was at my yoga teacher training, like, is this a cold? Am I getting brainwashed? And I'm learning this amazing ancient wisdom and techniques to help me with my life well-being. And the connection of consciousness to well-being, I think, can be this really beautiful guiding principle where when you're in this space of consciousness and able to tap into the deeper layers and levels of yourself and navigate the world, you come into this space of alignment, right? You come into this space where it's flow. You come into this space where things, maybe they're not just easy, but they seem to make more sense, I find when you follow that space of intuition and flow, it's after the fact that you can look back and see why every single bit of your life led up to that one moment. Uh, I was recently watching a Bronx tale and the last song of the show was a Broadway show is the song about choices. And I'm sitting next to my partner's grandma and we're watching the show together and she's raised in the Bronx. And I'm just like, this is surreal. She made choices, you know, however many years ago that led us both to this moment, watching this show in real life in 2020. And, you know, there's this delicate balance of understanding planning, having goals, and then being in your life and letting this this presence, this experience of life unfold perfectly. When I say perfectly, I don't mean easily, right? It could be really, really freaking hard sometimes. But what I mean perfectly is like this order in your life that doesn't have to maybe even make any sense to you in real time that will unfold in this beautiful story of your life. Uh, which Leela actually is, is, is that word for me. It's like that, the divine play, right? The divine play that is your life, literally from birth till passing on your divine play, right? Your life playing out perfectly, perfectly, not easily in all the different ways and aspects being in your soul's expression. 
So coming back to consciousness and the opportunity for you to tap into this alignment within yourself, this awareness within yourself, and these guiding principles within yourself. If this is all really new to you, it could be maybe overwhelming or even sound a little bit woo-woo. Uh, If you've taken a yoga class and you've experienced that internal calm, maybe like the hour just flows by and you you weren't thinking about anything or you had millions of thoughts, but you didn't even realize it because you were experiencing that flow, right? The practice of yoga is from on the mat to off the mat. Yoga, that's the physical asana expression, right? That we're used to in this modern day, being on the mat. That, that's an aspect of yoga. There are many other aspects of yoga, uh, that physical component. I always wondered this, why aren't they calling it asana classes? Asana, that's the physical movement of this rich yogic practice. So uh, how do you get started with consciousness? You could just get started with consciousness, being conscious of that thought. How do I get started with consciousness? There's this awareness, this opportunity to be more of an observer in your life, uh, to be able to see yourself in interactions, in in expression, it's it's this mindfulness practice um, paired with perhaps even a meditation practice. So I want to share with you a little bit about personally how I think this could look, right? So yoga can be really helpful, but maybe you have no interest in yoga. So now what? Could be in your daytime, taking a minute for yourself, I like to put my thumb to my left wrist, my right thumb to my left wrist on my pulse point and feeling my heartbeat. You can do this right now. You can feel this heartbeat and this awareness, right? This is this conscious awareness of this moment. You can become aware of the senses, the smells, the sounds. You can set the timer for a minute. When I first started meditating, I had heard about all these different things in health. I was on this quest for wellness, I think, that had a lot to do with perfectionism. Um, It started very physical, like I said, with the yoga, the swimming, the fitness, being in your body, maybe the idea of a perfect body um, through injury and my own personal journey and experiences that could have been challenging the mental health aspect started coming in. And for me, this was expressed in the form of therapy and understanding myself in a deeper level in that way. Uh, Then it started to become about food. I, I experienced a lot of contrast. And by contrast, I mean like the dark and the light. So for the dark with food, it was an eating disorder. Um, It was obsession around food. And then the light, it's this understanding of of health, of nourishment, of fueling my body, of appreciating where the food comes from. Uh, Then from that, understanding these deeper levels around, say, mindfulness. Simultaneous, actually, I was working in finance and I started to understand money in a different way, like this conscious awareness of money and these financial systems that if we could cultivate awareness and consciousness in finance, could our world look completely different? 
So some of the buzzwords, sustainability, impact investing, I was able to understand consciousness in that aspect. But all of these things really led me to this personal internal practice and then how that's expressed externally every day. So my first time meditating, I set a timer and I said, I can do this for a minute. And I remember laying in my bed and I quote unquote meditated for a minute. And I was like, okay, I did it. And I just started doing it two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. And for a while had this regular five minute practice of meditation. Um, Then tried a lot of different apps from Headspace to uh, Insight Timer And at our yoga teacher training, uh, the practice that we're trained in, we are doing Vedic meditation, which is similar if you've heard of TM, uh, Transcendental Meditation, but it's sitting twice a day for 20 minutes and you're working with a mantra. And literally day one of yoga teacher training, you start this practice. So I went from my little like menial five minute meditations. I say menial in comparison to what felt like, you know, hours of being 20 minutes and, um, you know, doing this seated practice. And this taught me that I can do anything because for 30 days I meditated twice a day for 20 minutes and it was very uncomfortable physically, mentally. And, um, you know, if you're just getting started, it doesn't have to necessarily look like that. The environment was very supportive of meditating. We were meditating with maybe 200 people in each of those sits, like people were visiting the ashram or in the yoga teacher trainings. So it was easy because everybody was doing it. And I find sometimes being at home, sitting alone, for whatever reason, that can feel harder. Uh, if mantra is new, this is a repetition of a word, of a syllable. Uh, that you could be given a mantra by a meditation teacher. My meditation teacher, Matt, has given me a mantra through his lineage. So did the ashram. Uh, If you're not working with a teacher, you could stick with your own mantra or word. It could be love. It could be peace. It could be God. It could be unity. You can find yourself sitting, quieting your mind, focusing on the breath, and slowly engaging with a word or mantra for those 20 minutes. I highly recommend getting into some kind of training. Um, It could be so helpful to guide you through this process and understand yourself and your resistance and coming on the other side of that. So um, I go through my yoga teacher training. I meditate in that way. And then a year later from that about, I meet my teacher, Matt, and uh, he I was so happy to meet him. I still can remember maybe our first conversation where I find out he's from New Jersey and I have this great love for New Jersey. And uh, he had played college sports and he had worked in sales and he's like wearing this mall and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's talking about Vedic meditation. And aside from the ashram, I had never spoken to anyone about this in my life. So I was like, oh, it's like one of my people. And uh, just made me so, so happy. Um, so this practice Vedic meditation really, really helped me root into higher, deeper levels within myself, sitting, being with myself for 20 minutes, twice a day, um, you know, and still personally within my practice, I do this. I'm definitely not as religious, but I've come into this practice where I incorporate 
different elements in addition to the meditation. So starting with some kind of affirmation work, um, some visualization, some gratitude, and then diving into this deep meditation. And it's just like that little internal voice, that intuition, it's able to have more real estate in those moments. And, you know, there's so many different styles of meditation and, and practicing mindfulness that you can explore and try and do. But I am telling you, my life, even from last year to this year, feels like a different life. And I say that it's in the most amazing way. I'm in these conversations that would have been highly, highly emotional in an almost devastating way. I would just have a breakdown. I would get into this emotional home that would be full of anxiety, full of drama, full of overwhelm. And now I'm able to observe myself and see myself in these moments and breathe and express myself and say how I'm feeling in a way that truly was not available to me. Um, I don't think it's just the meditation, right? There's all these different things that I may find myself doing and reading and learning and trying. Uh, So it truly is the evolution and the journey. But I just impress upon you to invite this question around what is consciousness What could more consciousness look like in your life? Why does consciousness feel important? What does my own personal alignment mean to me? How will this help me in my life? What could be different? And consider embodying some of this into your life more. I'm sure you already are. Um, So for the rest of this season and show, I'm going to be bringing in some different guests and the conversations are going to relate to consciousness. How are they integrating consciousness into the modern world? Uh, This feels just so important and so exciting to me. So you're going to get to hear from different people. Maybe you resonate, maybe you don't. There'll certainly be laughs along the way. Um, If you have any feedback, suggestions, ideas, you want to be a guest, please reach out to me, Linda at LilaLife.co, or you can shoot me a message on my Instagram at with Linda. It's underscore with underscore Linda underscore. I'm also pivoting my personal brand from Lila Life. This will still be the Lila Life show, but you'll notice with Linda showing up more and more. And it truly is my honor to be here guiding you as a guide, an intuitive coach, uh, an expert in, in so many different areas but to be able to help you along your own personal journey to experience that up-leveling in your own life. So I have some retreats coming, uh, some different coaching programs this year, and also some corporate wellness and a very secret side project that you'll be hearing more about. So uh, if you have any questions, comments, likes, shares, I appreciate all the love and am sending all of that love right back to you. And uh, I'd love to also hear where you're at in your own consciousness, practice, journey, awarenesses, Uh, What's working for you? Where do you get stuck? Uh, Share that on the Instagram, on the Facebook, Lila Life, or shoot me an email. Much love, my friends. Have a great day. 
head on over to Instagram at lilolife.co. Give me a like or a follow and lilolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources. Password is Lila and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week.